Hello and welcome. You're listening to Curiously Polar. This is episode 76. My name is Chris Marquardt and with me as usual is Henry. Hi, Henry. A wonderful good morning. How are you? I am doing good. Good morning. It's, after, it's the afternoon here. It's still in the morning where you live. It depends on time. Where are you right zone. now? No, it's 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 not it's not morning. It's um <laughs> half past noon. It's half past noon. <laughs> See, there we go. Um, but we um, have weird recording times anyway. Um, indeed. But we're releasing it early morning. So good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Whenever you listen to this. Um, okay, let's see. We have um, a topic that uh, you have prepared, and it says in the title IPCCSROCC. What on earth does that stand for? IPCC is the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, mm -hmm. and SROCC, <laughs> SROC, is the Special Report on SROC. Ocean and Cr cryosphere in a changing climate yeah srock is just perfect abbreviation for that mm -hmm. and uh, that was released or was um, approved by the member states in september of this year in monaco and it's a 1300 page report by 104 authors and editors representing 36 country uh, countries so, so this is a, is a scientific report it's a scientific report and it refers to roughly 7,000 publications and that's wow. um, a, a big, big chunk. Special the, the, report, let, let me just reiterate that, it's the special report on the ocean and cryosphere in a changing climate. Yeah. So this is pretty much the world, right? It, is the, it includes the entire world, yes. Yeah. So there have been um, two previous special reports. The first was was a special report on global warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius, and the second was a special report on climate change and land. Who's the originator? Who? What? What organization is behind it, and who finances this thing? I think that's an important question. So the United Nations have um, embodied an intergovernmental panel, and this intergovernmental panel is called IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, mm -hmm. and that consists out of the member states of that panel, and that's 156 states, if I'm correctly informed. I'm not sure. Just But this is the UN uh, members, pretty much. Yes, mm -hmm. it's the member states of the United Nations. Okay. And... Um, each member state has um, the chance to um, to appoint scientists, editors, and then you have quite, um, you're basically lead editors who are um, coordinating the work in a certain field, a certain area, in a certain country. And um, yeah, we have the sixth assessment report. So we have the sixth assessment report cycle. So we had five previous cycles. And that cycle began in 2015 and will be finished in 2022. And it contains out of three special reports, which, which uh, the third one is the ASROC on ocean and cryosphere. One thing that's really important to point out is that this report is not a separate new study. That's no, not original research. It's a review of the entirety of existing literature that assesses new knowledge, specifically the literature that has been produced since the fifth assessment um, of the IPCC in 2013-14 on how the ocean in cryosphere um, 
have and are expected to change and um, are just reflecting global warming, the risks and opportunities and changes it brings um, to the ecosystem and the people and that kind of stuff. So it's it's a it's not original work. It's um, a assessment. It's, it's a like review. a the meta study, pretty much. It is yes. So. Who's it for? Who who uses this, or who is supposed to use this, and in which way? Well, it's made mainly for um, policymakers. So that's the, the the outcome of the IPCC is definitely um, a paper for policymakers, for decision makers, for people who are taking decisions on how everything is going to develop in the in the next few years. That basically means what they are doing is they're giving them information on hand to make their decision profound. And yeah, that's the, the idea behind those reports. Of course, they are publicly available, so you can just um, jump over, read through those 1,300 pages and get an idea about what actually the effects are what the the scientific assessment is of the existing research so what do scientists think how do they believe will uh, those effect um, kick in how likely are those that's very important so they're actually speaking out and just um just evaluating their likelihood and that's something that's um a consensus work so basically the um, scientists the editors they are um, proposing a draft and then the member states come in and they are reviewing the draft and then they are applying changes then the editors are sitting together and uh, discussing about the changes and they're sending in a second draft and that goes on i think it was three rounds with this assessment and um, eventually all member states approved that final draft in end of September. So is this kind of the biggest, most important scientific uh, work around climate change at this point? Well, I actually think that the, the paper is not scientific work. Um, the paper is an assessment of scientific work. So it, it basically is kind of a summary. It's a summary of the existing literature of all studies that have been executed around those topics, around so, that study uh, field of studies. So let me rephrase the question. Um, it's it's probably it's it's pretty much authoritative, right? It's it is uh, the source right now that uh, policymakers yeah, should look at the state of the art of um, scientific research on the change of um, cryosphere in uh, terms of climate change. I'm just I'm just I've just opened while you talked I just opened uh, the like the first document we have all links in the show notes of course I've just opened the first one the summary for policymakers and it's a really good example in how this is uh, kind of in a, how it's very compact and very uh, to the point information I mean the the entire report is very long and very big so um, that summary is yeah, they def have a, definitely welcome. They have a long version. There's 1,300 pages, and then yeah. they have a, a short summary, which um, is slightly uh, smaller. And still, I have to say, uh, previous summaries have been uh, visually much more um, uh, on, on the point. So you have mm -hmm. a lot of charts in here a lot of um tables a lot of um, data which is good in one way but in another way um especially in a time where um policymakers don't have time 
to to dig into data that are just flying over uh, certain aspects, and we have had um, summaries for policymakers which have been much better um, uh-huh. presented. Let's it's it a whole way. lot of information now, so it, it's it really is. difficult to to summarize that. I'm just looking at those four first four points uh, in the in the overview report, and um, it it lists the key things like the the ice sheet and glaciers have lost mass and it says that this is a very high confidence result and how much they have lost in a percentage and in gigatons and so on and so this is all like uh, the, the numbers and the confidence level that this is uh, what this means and that's that's very important yeah. um the, the the confidence level um is a result out of the likelihood so if you have um let's say 100 studies research studies in the past five years about um glacier and the mass balance of glaciers and out of the hundreds um let's say 85 90 are saying well they're glaciers they're losing mass they're losing volume then this is a very high confidence so they're just actually summarizing um for policymakers um how many of of those scientists really come to the same conclusion now only uh, only one thing is left those policymakers have to actually read it and and act on it which not well, all the, are willing to do i guess the the interesting thing is that um through this approval process of the ipcc they are already involved, so you have to read it to make your um, your changes. If if you want to change something in the wording, you have to read the paper in the first place. So there there are within the um, government structures there are people or bodies who review that paper before it gets approved. So there is already that knowledge <clears throat> within the authorities. What they are taking out of it, how they implementing it, that's of course um, different from not only country to country, from from person to person. I mean, the two of us, we have um, maybe different um, ideas about how to to handle that situation, what to um, to execute next to um, lower the effects. So there are, there are different approaches, and that's the interesting thing that this paper. That just gives the the, the rare data, um, the rare um, research results, and gives not really. Um, it, it doesn't tell you what to do. It just gives you the idea how it changes. But it se- seems to be a really good tool now that they have at hand to point to when they are confronted by climate climate change doubters and deniers. Indeed, yeah. Because now, now you can really point to something and say, "This is really happening with very high confidence, and this is what is going to what's going to happen in the future if this trend continues." That's the thing. When I uh, got tangled up, and I had those situations um, this this past summer, um, when you, when I got entangled in uh, situations where people are just really um, denying facts, and they're just standing in front of you and saying, "Yeah, but there is no real proof that this is uh, man-induced." And they say, "Yes, there are, uh, um, in, in fact, facts, and we have plenty of research data supporting that." And if you show me one serious paper that uh, states the, the the opposite, then we have a base to talk about. Um, those papers from the um, IPCC, they are taking all existing literature and that's the that's a key fact they are reviewing the entirety of research papers from 
this from from uh, starting 2014 to 2019 for a five year period they're going through all the papers and evaluate what's the outcome there what's the conclusion how does the um, change of climate affects certain areas in the field they're, um, um, they're, they're covering. So you you have here um, basically the condensation of the entire global uh, research community on that certain scientific field. And that makes it very easy to uh, go to those people who are denying those facts and say, you know what, here I have a summary that's approved by 156 governments or whatever number it is um, in the world with all scientific um, stuff and advisory boards and whatever. You can go through that and you will find even the study that denies it listed in there. But as you see, out of those 100 or 7,000 papers, there might be 50, might be 100 deniers in there. But that still makes 6,800 not denying it and agreeing on what the impact is. I mean, that's that's the thing the, the, that we now finally have that tool uh, up to now. It was kind of common knowledge that uh, you'd say the vast majority of research points towards X, Y, and Z. But now uh, you cannot just say it, you can show it. So when has this uh, been put together? Is it just recent development? The the report, no, yes. they're, they're working. They're working since 50, uh, 2015 on it. Or so they're it, basically. It, is it now kind a, of in a finished state, or is it something that is work in progress and that keeps being updated over over time? So it keeps being updated. So what, what the IPCC is doing, it's like an ongoing um, ongoing thing. So they have different research or assessment cycles. So we are currently in the sixth cycle. And that will be completed in 2022. So there will be a final report um, on on that, um, supposedly in, in 2022. After that, the next cycle, the seventh cycle, will just start. And that means that they are taking the research that started back in 2019. So basically where this report ends, this special report right now we are talking about, uh, where the, 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 the research papers end uh, until the time the new special report or the new assessment will be finished. So you have to take a certain window and you have to take that um, uh, yeah, that frame to, to make the work possible and uh, coordinatable. That's uh, the, the big thing, the big issue. You have so many um, people working on that. We're talking about 104 authors and editors Um they need to be coordinated. They are going through 6,000 publications, uh, 7,000 almost. So this is a huge effort for all those years through all those papers. And they will continue on that work for sure. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, still going through this, um, which which there's some amazing information and they're scaring information too. There's like... Uh, projections of where things will go with like glacier mass reductions or uh, Greenland's ice sheet uh, projected up to 2100 uh, like snow covers in the Arctic autumn and spring uh, permafrost and projection with very high confidence how much it will uh, it will thaw up um, extreme sea level events I mean there's like everything is in there that covers 
everything from the ocean to the cryosphere. And that is the most important thing. It is important for everybody because the ocean and cryosphere, just think of the impact of Arctic sea ice reduction on the lives of indigenous people in the Arctic. Of course. Um, or how all of us are benefiting from the buffering role that the ocean is playing in storing heat and carbon. Um, this buffering role comes with a cost to us as as um, human beings. We're living on that directly in terms of the thermal expansion, so the um, the uh, temperature rise in, in the atmosphere, and as a result, rising sea levels. And the report that illustrates actually how coastal cities will see those so-called once-in-a-hundred-year events. They will occur once a year in the next few decades, just of the change of that. And we see also indirect um, effects by affecting dramatically marine ecosystems. You can see how the ecosystem changes, that we will have um, we have an estimate of um, a decline of more than 30% in the total animal um, biomass over the 21st century in all the ocean basins a 30 percent that's a, a third of the entire biomass that's huge those um, things they are not only important for minorities living in coastal areas or minorities depending on fishery everybody on this planet is affected by that because the oceans the cryosphere affects each and everybody of us. I know there are thousands of people out there who think they've never seen a glacier in their life. They have no clue how that could possibly affect them. The thing is, almost three quarters of the Earth's surface is covered by ocean. Another 10% is covered by ice sheets and glaciers. These ecosystems they are critical to life on our planet. They affect us all. They regulate the climate. They feed the world's growing population. They serve as habitat for, for certain species. They provide energy. They're critical to cultures around the world. They allow transport, trade, other benefits. We have a big thing going on there. That impact that climate change is having on the ocean cryosphere will affect all people on Earth, but especially those in the Arctic, because in the Arctic we have a certain fragile environment which has the least impact but the biggest effect as have low-lying coastal zones and right. high mountainous regions as well. So um, this is a huge piece of work. Um, then there is the summary for policymakers, which is still almost 50 pages long um, and has a lot of jargon still in it. So is there any, are you aware of any other efforts to to condense this down even more for the layperson so people can understand that uh, even easier. No, that's not the that's not the job of the IPCC. So the IPCC provides us with that um, with those two papers, the the full report and the summary. Mm -hmm. And now it's up on us as part of the media environment to condense that, to go through that paper, to um, analyze what are the key aspects in there how do they um, affect us living not in polar regions and how do they actually change our daily lives how is my how are my decisions I'm doing in a daily life affecting those changes written down in that paper and how and, are and, and how are you affected by those changes exactly so it's both in, in both it's ways it goes in both directions Yes, of course. And it's up on us to, to make that um, 
experienceable and make that makes that easy understandable because i actually think that even this summary still is not made for a broad um, audience because no, it not. still has a lot of um, scientific um, terminology in there you still have a lot of abbreviations which um, most people not from the academic world won't understand so it's up on us to make it understandable so we have our work cut out for us that's what i'm hearing Indeed. One one thing I actually um, really worried about is that the whole report is lacking one major topic. And there's no mentioning anywhere in the report of the release of methane from uh, seabat of the Arctic uh, continental shelf, which is through the retreating sea ice, slowly but steadily uh, thawing. And so we have permafrost thaw under the ocean, and that's a very serious omission. And and methane is a very um, a very powerful uh, gas. That indeed will, it is. We talked about even that worse with than Peter even Wart worse hands. than CO two. Yes, um, it has like twenty three uh, times higher effect on, um, on on storing heat in in the atmosphere, and if we have a projected 50 uh, gigatons release of methane, which is less than 8% of the content in the sediments of the Arctic Ocean, the result will be a global temperature rise of um, 0.6 degrees Celsius. So we already have a huge in addition impact to there. The other, yeah. Exactly, in addition to what we already have <sighs> with carbon dioxide. And this is not tackled in that report. I'm not really aware and sure why. I would love to... Um, to dig into that a little bit more into detail but this is actually a huge impact on the cryosphere as well all right let's point everyone towards it and uh yeah let's keep working on making this all more understandable and maybe the ipcc will include methane information sometime in the future that's what we're hoping for um next week we'll be back with uh, a bit of a lighter lighter topic uh we'll talk about the seventh continent yes there is one and you will find out everything about it in a week from now in episode 77 until then check out the show notes follow the link have a look at the report or at least at the summary and uh yeah let us know what you think you can reach us on our website curiouslypolar.com you can reach us on twitter at curiouslypolar and We'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, take care.